Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the ADHD Unmasked Podcast. My name is Shanetta Trundle, and I am your host. On today's episode, I speak with a recent fashion graduate and self-proclaimed fashion tech activist, Steffi Dole. Steffi is one of my favorite interviews so far. Steffi is passionate about equity and liberation, as well as all things tech. Hailing from Haiti by way of Boston, Steffi is proud, confident, and very self-aware. In this episode, we talk about advocacy, self-expression, listening to yourself, and living by your own design. Steffi is just, at this point, one of my heroes. Um, But let's get into this episode. All right. So, hi, my name is Shanetta, and this is officially, I'm going to call it the ADHD Unmasked Podcast. Um, and I am here with Steffi. Steffi, can you just tell uh, tell us about yourself? Um, my name is Steffi. I'm a recent fashion design student, but I'm in love with tech, so I'm calling myself fashion tech activist. <laughs> oh, I like that fashion tech activist. I love that. Yeah. So did you, you graduated from? Oh, yeah, I graduated from Framingham State in December, back in December 2022. And I'm still, I mean, I, I'm still looking. I feel like, I don't know, because I keep telling myself I'm still looking for, like, my dream job. But I feel like I have my dream job because, like, I just got, like, a freelance position with, like, this other woman that I actually met on LinkedIn. And, like, she's, like, a small, like, Black-owned business. And, like, we were talking, like, she wants to, like, bring sustainability back to fashion and stuff like that. But it's, like, a freelance contract position. I'm just, like, this is still not enough for me to move out of my dad's house. So that's why I'm just, like, I still need, like, other streams of income. But I'm just, like, I mean, like, my dream would be to literally just do this. Like, because I'm tired of chasing out these corporations. Like, I'd rather just use my skills to help the Black community anyway. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, Yes. No, it's good. So what are you doing in this um, new new role that you're in? Um, I, I'm like the the technical, the 3D technical designer. So it's like, I mean, I'm starting it officially in like six days because I just we just signed the contract and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's like, because it's like a small startup. So I don't know, like, I probably will be wearing multiple hats. But she has, it's like her, she's like the creative director. And mm-hmm. then I think she has a technical designer too, but like I think the technical designer is gonna be like more like offline. So then, like making the patterns maybe to send off to like the, like the um, what do you call it? The vendors and stuff. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be like the three D designer because I've been obsessed with Clo, because mm-hmm. I had like an internship like last summer. I did an internship with like TJX, but they put me mm-hmm. in soft home, and I was like, do you guys know I'm an apparel designer? But whatever. But I mean, I learned a lot. Because like mm-hmm. I learned how to do graphics and stuff like that, and then they introduced me to Clo, and then literally I've been obsessed with Clo since last summer. But they taught me how to use like they taught me how to do furniture because I was in soft home. So I was like, how do I like take this back and like use it for like my own like my apparel portfolio and stuff? And so I went. I was like finding like Google. I went on YouTube. I found some videos, but they weren't like clear like 
you know, mm -hmm. like a good was it, from the, was it from the Clove website and say the Clove people themselves? Because they have a, a specific Clove YouTube. Oh, yeah. I, I found that out like later, but I was like literally just searching like random people who'd like do stuff on YouTube. And then I ended up finding one on Skillshare, but hers was like a really short course, but it was still like the basics because I like I already know how to do patterns and all that stuff because I'm a fashion design major. So like, honestly, I was just learning how to use the software, like how to do it on the software. So she was good at like showing how to make the patterns, but she didn't really dive deep into like how to use the software. Like it's like learning how to do it. Like it's like learning how to use like Adobe or anything. Like I already know how to do the stuff, but it's like where are the buttons and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. I learned how to make like a basic T-shirt. Like she had like a basic T-shirt sloper and all that stuff. So in this portion of the interview, we switch gears and we start talking about um, some of the frustration of applying for jobs. Um, and walking into the room and not seeing people that look like you. I've been on there and I was listening to her. And at the time I was interviewing with like companies, like all these people claim they're mm -hmm. so diverse. Like, I don't, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but it is actually the most diverse company because like out of all the companies I interviewed for, they were like the only ones that I actually like met with like a black woman, like on the team. So I was like, okay, this is like something different. Cause like the rest of the companies have just been like white woman, white woman. I'm just like, I don't even want to work in this environment to be honest. Like, like, yeah. I mean, they're not always, <laughs> you know what I will say my, I think you just have to find the right ones. And I think that is hard. I'm not going to like, just like looking at my experience. Like you can, I think when you find neurotypical white women, no, I'm sorry, neuro, neurodivergent white women, usually I feel like there is like some sort of connection because they understand how somewhat yeah. of your mind works and you just, you know, you can fit, you know what it is when you meet neuro, but when you are, it's almost like a different language. You know, if you aren't coming from a corporate background, you have to learn how to figure out what they're saying is the best way I can describe it. And I feel like, I don't know. I feel like most of my career has been with working with white women and it has been, there have been some very intimate moments that I've had with them, but I also feel like there are moments where they've completely missed the bar yeah. and, you know, it's, it can be difficult. I think sometimes it's, it can be difficult to trust people, you know, when they kind of show you who they are yeah. and to be vulnerable with people. But I will say I have met some really great people, but you still also have to be cautious when you are going into a corporate environment because you don't know really who to trust. Yeah. I don't know how to like how to, make it, how to make it easy. I'm like, how can I make this sound like not scary? You know, but I agree. Like when you only see people who don't look like you, it doesn't feel encouraging. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't, I'm not gonna, I mean, I've, I've like tried to outlearn my own prejudice because like, I feel like growing up in Waltham, like, I've already like, I'm like, I can't deal with this. That's one reason I literally went to HBCU because like I literally was fighting off racist people literally the moment I've stepped foot in this country. So I'm just like, I can't even deal with this. So like, and I'm very vocal, I'm very candid anyways. So I'm just mm -hmm. like, I'm like, I like people were like, I don't know, like even now, like I'll try to like, like after I have a conversation, I'm just like, what? I don't understand what this person was trying to tell me. Like, cause I'm so blunt and straightforward that like, I just don't even, and honestly, I don't, I honestly don't even respect when people are not, straightforward yeah. it's like i don't understand like what's the reason to even be shady or like not say what you mean not, i i know i don't know it's i don't know if it's like a politeness or something but it is very confusing especially when you are neurodivergent like us like you know like we like i need something to be plain out like or just clear um, yeah. 
And I know living in Minneapolis, there's this thing called, people always say it's Minnesota nice, but it's like, it's almost like you need to decode what they're trying to say versus people just saying how they feel. Yeah. And I, that can, and I do think that is pervasive in the fashion industry, but I think it's definitely really pervasive um, in the Midwest. And so it's just, it is a lot of like trying to decode and being like, oh, I didn't think that was that serious or, you know, it's, it's hard. It's definitely yeah. But, but honestly, I'm at the point in my life where I don't even care to decode because I'm just like, mm -hmm. if you're not going to be straightforward with me, then bye. Like, I don't care anymore. Like, like mm -hmm. I feel like I've been, I just been like unlearning a lot of like my people pleasing tendencies and stuff. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. it's not my responsibility to teach you how to like communicate. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like if you met X, you should have told me X. Like, why are you telling me like all these other stuff? So I'm just like, I mean, it's really not that hard to read people's body languages too. Like, and I just, I honestly feel like it's not even nice. Like, it's just disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it makes me try to, I don't know, like, it just makes me feel like people think I'm stupid too. Like, it's like, you're yeah. trying to say this, but you mean this. Like, I'm just like, I don't have any respect for that, for people like that. Because I'm just like, if I'm being transparent and blunt with you, like, why do you feel like you have to, like, lie or, like, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, like, so I'm just like, I don't even want to be around somebody like this. Like, whether you're non-divergent or not, like, mm -hmm. if you can't say how, what you mean, then, like, why is after skill wise, I just feel like my personality itself is just like, it's a lot. Like, and I know I'm a lot. People tell me I'm a lot all the time. My family tells me I'm a lot. Like, people I've dated tell me I'm a lot. And I'm just like, I really just don't care anymore. Like, because, like, I used to, like, reflect, like, because when, when I was younger, when I really didn't care, like, before all the conditioning, like, I was just so happy and free. And then I think it was, like, more like middle school, college, where, like, you start to become more aware, like, about stuff. And then even sometimes now I, like, have, like, flashbacks. And I'm just like, like a comment somebody said, and I'm just like, I see how like it affected me like throughout my whole life. So I'm just like, mm -hmm. but I feel like when I was younger, like even like in terms of like manifesting or like whatever, like the generating stuff, like bringing, like making my own reality. Like, I feel like it was so easy for me to like bring things into fruition when I didn't care, like what other people mm -hmm. thought and stuff like that. And then like, and then it's like, whenever I like feel like I'm in, like stagnant, I'm just like, it's because I'm like so caught up in like caring what other these people care. But like before I didn't care what anybody thought, like I was like living my best life. Like mm -hmm. even if I wasn't making like thousands of dollars, like I still was so free. Like I didn't care and I was still living my best life. So I'm just like, I need to go back to that. Like I need to go back to like tap back into that side of me before like I was trying to like conform into these places because I was somebody who never really cared. Like. Okay, so back to the conversation around you know, fitting into corporate spaces. I think it's the old guard too is coming down. Like there are people who like, I feel like Gen X, Gen Xers still live by a very strict rule, even millennials. Like we, like we, we got in the industry when things were a little bit stricter right and so yeah. um gen xers definitely have been through a lot more than i would say millennials and each each you know generation you know the path is paved but i feel like there there i think there there seems to be one way of doing things and yeah. that doesn't usually work for neurodiverse people it does definitely didn't work for me um i think what you are saying is preaching to the choir in some ways because it's like you know, it is easier when people are just honest. It's easier when people are just real. It's easier when you don't have to code switch. It's, you know, like you you spend so much of your time trying to figure out like how to interact or how to, how to like 
as a neural as a neurodiverse person, you are tweaking who you are so you can fit what neurotypical people feel. And yeah. it feels it's such a weight, it's such a burden. Um, but let yeah, me I'm just, not doing that anymore. Like I feel like we shouldn't <clears throat> have to dim our life. Like if you're not comfortable around me, then leave. Like that's it. No. No, that's not the environment for me. But I'm like, like I just feel like, especially as a black woman, like, I don't feel like I have to dim my light for anybody to be. So if you're not comfortable, then this is just not the space for me. Cause like, it's not fair to ask somebody to not be themselves. Like for me, cause it's like, it's either I'm just like quiet and I just don't interact. Like I'd rather not interact than have to conform. That's just how I am. Mm -hmm. Like even every time I enter a new job, I'm just so quiet. And then I'm just observing. And then once I feel comfortable, they're just like, where the hell did this come from? <laughs> That's also a good thing. Like you, it's good to have a strong sense of who you are, especially going into this industry, which can be very um it can beat you down. As um I would definitely say, like earlier in my career, I definitely had suffered with a lot of um insecurities and um, you know, but I'm glad that you have like your head on straight. You seem like really, um, you know who you are. And that's, yeah. really, that's really admirable. That, I think it's just through all the trauma. Like I'm just like, all right, I can't keep repeating these cycles. So I'm just like, just fuck it at this point. <laughs> so do you think that, so when did you get diagnosed with ADHD? Um, I mean, I got officially diagnosed like, last year but that's literally because i i just had access to like a psychiatrist because like before that like um like in college and stuff because like i feel like no because when i moved to morgan i was like okay because ever since honestly ever since i was like 16 like ever since we were like teenagers me and my sister like like either it was the pressure or something like we just because i i was like a um a part of like a lot of like clubs in high school so like we were mm -hmm. learning about this stuff like outside of our like traditional Haitian household, like domestic violence and like mm -hmm. mental health. And like, and I volunteered in a bunch of this stuff. So I'm just like, wait a minute. So like the dots started to connect. And then even like during like high school, like it was like, um, I feel like I was going through like a really deep depression in high school. Like, cause like I was like the spokesperson for like racism. Like everybody was so scared to speak up. And I'm just like, people would always come to me whenever something happened. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, this is like, even though I had no problem speak about, speaking up about it, like I got a lot of backlash from like the racists, obviously. And then even professors and like teachers and stuff. So like, mm -hmm. it still was like, even though I was doing the work, it still was like draining. And even looking back now, I'm just like, this is like a lot of, a lot of like um, burden to put on like a teenager. Like mm -hmm. I should have been living my best life and like not focusing on these things in high school. And instead I was doing the work that like adults were supposed to be doing, like grown ass administration, like you guys are the one getting money mm -hmm. to protect the kids, and yet the kids are not coming to you about it. So like, I feel like that like could big toll on like my mental health. And then I was like on Tumblr mm -hmm. a lot, too, like Tumblr and like um, Twitter. So like, I feel like I was exposed to like a lot of like mental because I feel like those they like people talk about all the dark stuff like on Twitter and stuff. Because mm -hmm. I was like had like my school account, like my personal account that like the locals would. But then I have like a stand account, like I had like a one direct account, so it was just like everything was out there, but nobody was following me. So I was just, I just felt free. It was like mm -hmm. people were, like strangers. So like I was exposed to like eating disorders, all this stuff. So mm -hmm. I was like, I started connecting the dots. Was like I even tried to get like my own therapist when I was like, I think it was like my junior year or high school year, because like like senior year I had like this whole protest. At the high school because i was like we're just so tired of this shit. and i'm just like let's just protest like what are we, what are we doing and, then, and like this kid literally like threatened to bomb like 
much trauma like when i think about it like it was so traumatic because i'm just like i was like at the end of the day i was like 14 15 years old dealing with all this stuff like this is not right so i was mm-hmm. like i need to see a therapist and then i tried to see a therapist at like 16 and then like i had like two sessions with her and then mm-hmm. after that she told me that i need like my parents signature and my parents are like so against like mental health resources i mean now i feel like they're like growing into it because like me and my sister are just like no like you guys are nurses like you should be advocating for this stuff but i feel like mm-hmm. it's because like from the culture and stuff like that and then like my parents too especially my mom she was always scared like like be careful what you tell them because they might come and take you away and all this stuff mm-hmm. so i was just like always like precautious about like seeking help but then i was like no so then i went to like a therapist and then she asked for like my mom's signature and then i never saw her again because i was like mm-hmm. I, i'm not even supposed to be here <laughs> And then I went, so finally, like, freshman year of college, I was trying to, oh, no, before my freshman year of college, I, I got, like, I saw, like, I think it was, like, ZocDoc. So then I found, like, a psychiatrist. And I was, like, I was, like, I think I'm depressed and stuff. And then he, I think he wasn't even, like, a therapist because he just gave me medication. I'm just, like, what is going on? Because I was talking to other friends who were actually like, diagnosed. Psychiatrists, I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday. They're saying, like, psychiatrists literally, they, like, they sit down like, okay, hmm, what's the symptoms? Okay, cool. Here you go, yeah. girl. I stopped taking that medication and then like freshman year and stuff like that, even though I moved to Morgan, like I still was like feeling like depressed and stuff. And then mm-hmm. I was trying to tell my professors this. I'm like, I need like, I need accommodations or something. They're like, do you have a doctor's note? I'm like, what doctor? I don't have access to this stuff. Like you guys know, <laughs> like, I'm just like, how am I supposed to get a doctor's note? I don't have access to a therapist. Like my mom doesn't believe in this. Like, and it's literally now that I'm 18, I have to go seek it out. So then they sent me to like the counseling center. And then they gave me like a bunch of like a list of like psychiatrists to look for, like in like the Baltimore area. And then I never even did it. Cause like, I don't even know how like my healthcare health worked in Baltimore mm-hmm. and stuff. So I was just like, oh my God, I just let it go. But then finally, when I went to Framingham State, it was like my, cause I was, I knew about this stuff because my friends, like they had like actual diagnosis and stuff. So they were telling me like ask for accommodations cause she was able to get accommodations for her depression and stuff, but it was easier for her cause she had like paperwork and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. She was like, she was like, cause she was like, oh, they, they extended my deadline for the paper. And I'm like, I know I'm intelligent. Like sometimes I just need more time and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then finally, like my sophomore year, I think it was like no junior year when I transferred because I took like a one month one semester gap and then my mom's like you have to go to school and I was like okay so then I that's when I went to Framingham State and then I went to the counseling center again because I did all this in in Baltimore but then I'm just like it didn't work out because like my health insurance and stuff Mm -hmm. so then I went to the counseling center and then there was there was actually this like white woman but like I said like it was a whole different thing like I think she was like I don't know if she was not a divergent or not but she actually was really helpful at this point Steffi was diagnosed with ADHD um from this point on we do talk about um you know as Steffi mentions a few times that her interactions with white people have not always been the best and so I relate to her by um saying that my first interactions with white people um really was in college so i so because of this um i am trying to convey the fact that you know when you have um such a strong sense of self and you encounter racism I think it's a very unique 
thing, right? Because I think a lot of people, if you grow up in an integrated space, you may just know that there's weirdness, but you aren't able to identify it. But when you do grow up um, and you know who you are and you have like this foundation, you understand when something is wrong and something is off. And you are able to identify racism fairly quickly. And so therefore, when you identify it and see it for what it is, and you start to encounter it, um, mostly through microaggressions or you know actual full-on blown aggressions you become more cautious and so that's what our conversation um in this next section is about I didn't encounter white people until I went to college so that was oh, like, wow. yeah I grew up in a um Cleveland is a pretty black city and then I grew up in a like a black suburb outside of Cleveland so everybody was black and so I didn't incur like once I like I heard about racism, but like actually experiencing it was, oh, a tr- wow. but like, um, and like you said earlier, when you said like just having like adults who should be able to process certain things and then you kind of having to push back against it and being like, what is this feeling? Why are you so resistant? Um, but yeah, it is, it is it definitely is a shocker, but no, I, I understand what you said. I know you're not saying like, you know, I mean, some of them respected me because they're just like, she's like 12 years old and she knows more than you guys, like the mm-hmm. intelligent ones. And then some of them were just like, like jealous, mad, I guess, because it's like, you're the teacher and I'm teaching you. Like, mm-hmm. it was, I, they probably felt embarrassed. And I'm just like, I'm like this loud, sassy black girl. So it was, the delivery was not nice either. I'm just like, you guys are racist. Like, Which it, 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 it shouldn't be. And I think, I think what I will say working in a corporate space you run into that same thing when you come and like, who does this little girl think she, even if you 25, I remember one of my, um, and I liked this woman, but she called me uppity one time. And I was like, uh-huh. and so uppity, you know, I don't know if you want, you may not know, but it's like an old saying, like when black people got out of line in the South, like, you know, that is uppity, you know? So, uh-huh. um, and so I had to process that. And when I told my boss who at that point, she was Vietnamese, she didn't listen to me and she kind of um devalued me and that like or not devalue what is it she just didn't validate me that's what yeah she just made it like she was like well they told me to go back to my own country and i was like you know i'm so sorry about that however this woman that we worked with just told me this and i feel like this is right and they were just like it just kind of got brushed off um yeah but yeah no it, it they were not being held like, accountable they, like, at all yeah, and there's some, and I do think, especially when you talk about race and when you know more, I don't know, people just get intimidated. And rather than being able to sit with that and not rather than be able to process that maybe they do need to learn, they either lash out, they can be retaliatory, they can, or they can just be like, like I don't know, give you the cold shoulder. Um, and that's really unfortunate because it's like, especially if you know what you, like, you know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, even if you're 12. Like sometimes it's just good to listen, you know. For yeah, and, and they, I feel like it's like like you said too, especially because like I mean I'm 24 now, but I just feel like mm-hmm. I honestly feel like I'm like light years ahead to be honest. Like just because you're like like manager or like your senior, like you're still like here is not clicking. Like you still don't know the basics of racism. Like you're st- I don't I don't feel like a title makes anybody better than me, and I don't feel like I'm better than anybody either because of the knowledge I have. But it's mm-hmm. like sometimes it's very clear, like the power dynamics that people think that they have is just like it's not. 
it doesn't mm-hmm. really affect me either because I'm just like, like you said, like when I know what I'm talking about, I don't care if you're the manager or you're the, the director, you're still wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't like, you're still wrong and you need to be able to learn and hear what people are saying. But it's like, I came here, I was an immigrant. Like my whole family didn't speak English. Like my sister was like the first one in our whole family to be born here. And it's like, I think after my whole experience in high school, I realized like, cause I tried so much. I'm like, oh, like some people are conditioned, like their parents taught them this, but I'm just like, no, like now that I'm older, I'm like, these people know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Like at this point, if you don't know, it's because you don't want to know. Because it's really 2023. Like if you don't know, it's because you don't want to know or you don't want to acknowledge it or you're too pussy to speak out. So I'm just like, it's not mm-hmm. my job to educate these people. Like, and if I am like, even if I have to educate people, like I need to be getting paid because all the work I was doing in high school, I was not getting paid nothing. And these are the professors that are getting paid and going home. And it's like, if I had to struggle to buy a bottle of water, I had to struggle to get a bottle of water, but I'm the one doing all the work. So I'm just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, you guys are not going to keep exploiting black women for free labor. Like, I'm just not doing it. Even now, like, if I feel like I have to speak up for myself, I will, but I'm not about to educate people on anything. Like, go on Google. And I don't want to be in diversity inclusion. Like, I don't even want to do that as a job. Like, I want to live my life. Like, it's not my job. Mm-hmm. It's to teach work. you to clean your own mess like you guys are the ones who create all this bullshit. why do i have to see no you couldn't pay me a million dollars to do it like you have to do the work like them even trying to pay black people to do diversity and inclusion is just them being lazy like you just don't want to do the work so you want to pay somebody else to clean your own mess like no i didn't create this these social constructs like i'm just like no i'm not doing it like, i want to design and do like the 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 soft girl things that the white women do for jobs like i don't want to be dealing like being on in front of the side like being in front of the um, protest, putting my life in danger. Like, no, it's like mm-hmm. black women deserve to put their feet up and be lazy and, and do nothing too. Like, you, are, you just are a leader. You just, you just have a very I mean, strong <laughs> leaderly quality. And you, like, you can see the bullshit. And I think that is a my gift. My damn country. Like, <laughs> like, and I feel like that's why I'm also like so vocal. I feel like it's literally just in my spirit. Like, Haiti was like, we do not play. Like, we just were like, who are you people? Like, get out of our country. Like, we, we're gonna, like, we fight back. Like, it's just, it's in my nature. So I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't think my ancestors were like part of the revolution, but I definitely, it's definitely in my blood. Like, huh? I was say, when they have, when they have had to be a part of the revolution, if you were in Haiti, like, you know, if they're from. Oh, yeah. I mean, they probably were. I don't know how far back, because I, I found out my grandma was actually Cuban. I'm just like, I mean, from my mom's side. And she was like an orphan, orphan, and then she went to Haiti. And I'm just like, why is nobody telling me this? It kind of makes sense, though, because my mom's side is like, most of them are like yellow bone. Even like the, my hair texture was a little, like before I locked my hair, was like really loose. So I'm like, this is kind of connecting. But I found out she was Cuban, she was an orphan, and then she moved to Haiti. Because, you know, after back in the day, after Haiti freed themselves, like we were like the land of the free. Like we're just like, um, like Haiti, like we didn't just help ourselves. Like I think a lot of, the, so I feel like a lot of Hispanic countries, Spanish speaking countries, they forget that Haiti literally saved them. Like Venezuela. Venezuela, Cuba, all those countries. Like we, we literally freed ourselves, and then we're literally, we literally were giving like weapons and like them the resources to free themselves from like these colonies and stuff. And I'm just like to see the way people treat Haitians this today. Like you guys really need to remember where you mm-hmm. come from. Not a high horse or anything, but it's literally like you need to respect your mother at this point because like your country would not have been free without us. And it's just like to see the way people treat Haitians is just so crazy. Especially not even now, like 2023. It's like I think it's a little bit more time. But even like when I first came here, like people used to say that Haitian people eat cats and like all this crazy stuff. I'm just like, do you guys understand like what what you're doing? Like it's just so sad. It I just is. think that the American media has painted Haiti in such a negative light, 
And it's so interesting you said this. I was I listened to this podcast called Behind the Bastards, and it was about the Dominican Republic, and like they had a dictator, um, and they mentioned like just parts about Haiti and how Haiti. And so I had to look it up too. Like Haiti did like once they freed themselves, they also uh, did go into Dominican, and I think they they ruled for about twenty or thirty years, and then they freed the Dominicans as well. Like so, they set like the remaining slaves free in Dominican. Like and it's I, a lot like, of countries like. Not like just black, like the Afro-Latina countries. Like, it's a lot of them that Haiti helped free. Like, I don't think people know this. And I, I think I learned about it because one of my history teachers, he was like, he was like this Irish guy. So he was like, oh, I resonate with you because, like, the potato famine. I'm like, boy, the potato famine has nothing compared to, <laughs> to slavery or whatever. And he gave me, like, this book. He gave me this book, and it was, like, lies my history teacher told me and stuff. Because, like I said, I was so vocal ever since I was, like, I was, like, in, um, in school because he was like my history teacher and then he was also like my um ap gov teacher because like i thought i was gonna be like a lawyer my family was like just go be a lawyer or something and i was like mm -hmm. okay because i love to debate with people and stuff like that but i was like i don't want to go through like all this stuff like just to be a lawyer like i feel like i can still advocate without having to do all the extra stuff so mm -hmm. he gave me like this book it was like lies my history teacher told me and they talked about like haiti mm -hmm. and how like america was paying like millions of dollars to the french to go back and recognize haiti because like you know, like back in the day, yeah, they didn't want it to spread. Like, because if a slave heard that, like, slaves are freeing themselves, because it was like a psychological thing, like a war, like, mm -hmm. even like a mental thing. Like, if they if they heard that, like, we were freed ourselves, then they would do it. And then on top of that, too, it's just like, I think it's like, it's like about war. Like, every part of the country was like, had like a different, like, what is it called? Ally. So, like, Haiti, mm -hmm. them losing Haiti, because French was like, there so like now if somebody wanted to go through haiti to attack america they could it was like another like it was like mm -hmm. a war thing too but like mm -hmm. but like they were literally like george washington thomas jefferson all these they were literally paying like billions of dollars to like go destroy haiti and it's just like when you look at haiti now 2023 and then you hear about like the clintons and all that stuff like these people are still doing it to this day like it might not be more under mm -hmm. the radar even all this gang stuff going on in haiti like who do you think is funding the guns mm -hmm. like like, come on they now. All like, they all punishing Haiti for freeing themselves. Yeah, like, I feel like Haiti was like a, a martyr. And we basically, yeah. still to this day, we're still like, but they can't stop us. Like, look at um, Haiti's at the Olympics. Like, who is it? That, like that Japanese girl, like she's half Haitian. Like, there's still a lot of Haitians like rising. Mm -hmm. Like, even like in rap and like Grammys, all that stuff. Like, we're still here and we're still going to take, like, it's just in our spirit. Like, we did all this mm -hmm. with no resources. And it... I would love to ask you a few things. So does does have ADHD make it hard to achieve a healthy work-life balance? Something I've been processing because I'm like, I started, I feel like I started my career since 2019 since I trans transitioned into fashion design because I was doing like, I was trying to learn how to sew. I didn't know how to sew. Like, I honestly learned how to sew the same time I got accepted into the fashion design program, which is why I like Framingham State, because they kind of take people from all levels. Um, so I had like a church mentor, um, but she was Mormon. That's like a whole different story. I don't even know how I ended up in the Mormon church, but that was, <laughs> I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. But yeah. she, she they, they helped me a lot. And she was helping me like sew and stuff like that. And like before I even moved back to Boston, like I was like, okay, I'm going to make like these ski masks and stuff like that. Cause like I was in Baltimore. And I don't know, like ski masks was like really trendy. Um, yeah, so, oh, yeah, the career thing. Oh, yeah. So like in 2019, 
Well, I don't even, I don't know. Honestly, I just feel like I'm like, what is it, clairvoyant, psychic? I don't know what to call it. Because I'm just like, there's a lot of things I just know before it happens. Like, it's just weird things that I can't even put words into mm-hmm. it. But, like, oh, yeah, 2019, I was, like, before I even started, like, going to the school, we started, like, sewing and stuff. And, like, people were, like, reaching out to me. Because, like, I just, like, I like to post, like, my work in process, my work in progress and stuff like that. It's just nice for me personally, too, to just see, like, how I've grown. And then, like, I used to, have, like, I had, like, a YouTube channel and all that stuff and, like, Instagram. I mean, I delete my Instagram now because I feel like people are, like, stealing my stuff. But, like, I just do, like, everything on YouTube now. But, like, I used to just always post behind-the-scenes content, which I feel like kind of helped me, like, build, like, a client base because, like, people are like, oh, what's she doing? And then it's, like, two years later, you see it come to fruition. Like, I feel like it just connects more with your audience when they actually see you putting in the work versus just, mm-hmm. like, releasing something. But I'm still yeah, learning how to balance that, too, because, like I said, I don't want people biting off me before I get to, like, release my stuff, so. Mm-hmm. But, um, oh, yeah, so I was, like, doing stuff, like, so people were, like, reaching out to me, like, to be, like, in their fashion shows and stuff. So I'm just, like, it, it, I was literally, I literally just, like, made, like, a little voice recording, and I was, like, because I, I want to go back on YouTube. And I was, like, thinking about it, and I'm just, like, who, like, this this takes if i'm a fashion designer or not like i know for sure it's not a corporate job because like i've been doing the work like i was like in fashion shows and then i helped like my friend who also like she graduated from mass mass art and she was like in this queer fashion show with like melissa shoes like i was backstage helping her like Mm -hmm. i was getting booked like before i even graduated like and i was Mm -hmm. like i had like the ski mask i ended up like i made like my own website and then ended up like selling out and i'm like that was like a glimpse of like what my life could be like i made a product and it's so like people reacted really well to it i'm just like i'm a creative like i can literally create all this stuff myself like that's the that's the skill that's like that's why i'm super grateful that i went for like fashion design and then i could learn how to run a business on the side because it's just like mm-hmm. at the end of the day when you go to court when you go to school for like business like even my my cousin he was like oh i went to school he wanted to go to school for finance because he wanted to learn how to, to manage his own finance and they were just teaching him how to do it for corporate i'm like yeah that's what they're doing like they're just teaching you how to be a freaking puppet so i'm just like mm-hmm. at least for me at least like the technical skills i can actually take that and create something for myself like if i went to fashion mm-hmm. merchandising i would feel like i mean pro- people can probably build a business on fashion merchandising but like you just feel like you have to work for a company me mm-hmm. i can create like, I can share my art and say, okay, you guys should do this for the company. But at the end of the day, if I want to make a shirt, nobody's stopping me from making the shirt and selling it online. Like, I don't need you guys. So I'm just like, I really don't. I don't they need us. Like, they, why are you hiring for fashion designer? Because nobody in the freaking office knows how to do this. Like, that's, like, the job, like, yep. that's, I feel like once I switched my perspective, it really shifted, like, dynamic. Because, like, after my internship with TJX, I was just like, I really want to keep doing design. And that's how I ended up, like, at Wayfair. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, I really want to do design. And it's just like nobody, like I'm getting interviews. I'm getting final round interviews. Like I'm meeting the hiring managers and I'm not getting hired. And I'm just like, is this racism? Mm-hmm. Because on paper, you wanted to meet me. But it's like once I'm like face to face, like what's the hold up? Like I'm not, and I keep, I keep like repeating this with everybody else. But I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like part of like my experience, like I shouldn't blame it solely on racism because like my portfolio wasn't where it needed to be. But it was still pretty good, even though it was like a Canva presentation. It was still pretty good, to be honest. And I'm just seeing people I went to school with, like, get positions or like even people I interned mm-hmm. with get positions at these corporate offices that I'm like, I have like, like, I don't want to say the name of the company, but I had so many interviews with this company that I interned with. Like, and it was just like every time it was just like white woman, white woman. I had one interview with like an Asian woman, but I didn't get the position. And I'm not, I probably could still work on my interview skills and all that stuff. But I'm just like, I feel like my work speaks for itself. My portfolio speaks for itself. Even before I even started coding it, it was still really good. 
And then like my resume mm-hmm. obviously spoke for itself. I don't think you need to um, because like mine is a Canva one. Somebody told me today it was really really awesome. So yeah, mine was I don't a Canva link. I don't know. I was like, I was, but I was doubting myself because I'm like, why am I not getting this job? And I'm just like, honestly, I'm trying to think it's racism because these girls I interned with, like, they didn't do half the stuff I was doing in high school. Middle, like, I was freaking working at like the state house in freaking high school, and then I made my own business in, in college. Like, and I like, like, and I was doing design, and then just like, even after I left that internship, since I left that internship, I worked at Wayfair, and now I'm working at Prada. I'm just like, why am I not getting the job? Like, compared to these people, like these people were like servers. Like I'm getting discriminated against. I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, I don't like, and I'm just like, the more I think about it, I'm just like, you know, I'm not gonna like, like, cause I was like sad about it for. I was like feeling like down on myself, but then I'm just like, no. At the end of the day, they need me skills, and I can just take my skills somewhere else. And like I said, going back to like the whole like design thing like i don't need to design for a corporation i can just do it for myself and i can probably at least what i do for myself i don't have like a cap to how much i can make too like it's not like oh you can make seventy thousand dollars this year like i can wake up one day and like i sold out everything and i just made a million dollars in one day like who knows like who knows what can happen mm-hmm. especially like with youtube and all that stuff like i can wake up one day and my channel is monetized and now it's like i'm getting a four thousand dollar check from google and mm-hmm. i was like these same companies i'm like chasing after like if I keep doing what I need to do, like one day they're gonna chase after me. Exactly. And it's like that's sixty thousand mm-hmm. dollars that they could have paid me for a year. I could say I need sixty thousand dollars to do a brand partnership with you, like period. Like I- So you were saying like you've that what your mindset has changed around like applying for jobs and that you feel like they they need you. And I and I what I, I love this mindset because I think that a lot of people can think this is an arrogant mindset, but it really is just like a confidence mindset to remind yourself because you can get beat up in these moments and you can feel like, well, I must, there must be something wrong when half the time it's just personality stuff. It really is like, does this person see themselves in me? Does this person feel like they are connected with me? Like it is literally, it's literally all personality ahead. Like most of these things, it's not even talent. You can work. You can work, and I mean, in corporate too, like you can work your tail off, you work your ass off, and you can deliver uh, numbers, you can deliver um, sales goals, all those other things, but other people will get, you know, in different positions just based off of like personality and like how they know how to navigate the system. Yeah, and, 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 so, and I know it's networking because you know, even for me, like even some of the interviews I've had for these people, it's literally because I know somebody in there and they're like, because this company mm-hmm. I talk about, I didn't even have to do like the whole, I skip all the, I skip all those interview process. Honestly, I just went straight to the hiring manager and it's literally because I interned there and I know somebody in there, mm-hmm. like they either, the recruiter already knew me. So they're just like, okay, here, like, like they try so hard mm-hmm. to get me in like i've interviewed for like with like four different teams already and nobody's accepting me mm-hmm. and it's just like and then besides mm-hmm. recruiter like my friend uh from school he just left the company so he even referred me and was like okay like he's leaving and then i literally just met with mm-hmm. the hiring manager like i didn't even have to go through like the process so like even just being an intern i see how like knowing people mm-hmm. can just get you through the door quicker because like there's people still waiting for the applications to get like mm-hmm. approved and i'm just like interviewing with these people without even having to do all that and I'm just like instill, instill with all those people trying to like leverage me and give me like get me in the door. I'm not getting in because at the end of the day, it's the hiring manager's you know decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like I already know I'm like very bold, very loud. Like it's either they're intimidated by me or what I don't know what it is. And it's like every time mm-hmm. I interview there, I feel like my skills and my experience just keep getting higher and higher. Anyways, 
Because, like, before, mm-hmm. it was, like, they were, like, the only experience I had. And I worked at Wayfair, mm-hmm. and now I'm, like, I'm working at Prada. So I'm just, like, these people are probably, like, either intimidated or what. And then I hate, too. One time I interviewed this one person, and they were, like, oh, we all think that, like, we get to school, and then we're going to be, like, a big designer. I'm just, like, first of all, like, if this is how you talk during an interview, I don't even want to work for you because, like, I feel like you can, like, try to dim somebody's dream. Like, who says I can't work here and, and be, like, what are you talking about? Did you tell her that in the interview? No, I didn't tell her that in the interview because I didn't even process what the hell she okay. was saying until afterwards. And I'm just like, what? why mm-hmm. did she say that? Like, this is like the second manager that said that to me during an interview. Like, why would you say that to a fashion design student who just graduated? Like, who knows what this person could become? You know? I think they do. I think they their light has been dimmed and they just want to dim yours as well. That's what I'm saying. But I'm I like, think. Did you want to be a big designer and you're like stuck being a manager? Like, what's going on? Probably. Life, life, life will come at you fast. I remember I had a professor who would say, like, she was, she wanted to make it in the fashion industry, and uh, but she got weeded out. And it was such a, a bleak way to look at things. Like, no, you just wanted something different. Doesn't mean that you got weeded out. Like, it because then that makes it seem like you aren't good enough, you know. And you sometimes you, I like when I used to work in New York, like sometimes you don't want to work late. Sometimes you don't want to work till 11 o'clock or 10. I was talking to my friend about this too. She used to work at um, Coach and she used to be so used to working at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night and, you know, taking cabs. So I'm like, sometimes you don't want that for your life or sometimes your life can't be like yeah. that anymore. Um, you have children or you have like, you know, so I, I think that life does come at you fast. But I also think that if we as, people who've been in the fashion industry for a long time would stay optimistic and like learn from Gen Z. I hate to sound like an old old lady, lady, but I just, I love the way that y'all think and how y'all believe like, is this not serving me? I'm not about to stay in a space that does no longer fit. And I feel like it's taken me years to get to that point. It's taken me to get to what I believe I deserve, you know? So, and I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. I'm trying to rebuild the confidence that um, was beaten down at, you know, not only at my last job, but also in, um, you know, in in fashion school. Fashion school was traumatic for me because because I was undiagnosed ADHD. Oh my and, gosh. <laughs> the whole power yeah. dynamic, like, I just feel like I just can't be tame. And then people try to tame me and it just it ends yeah, up being so I bad. Literally, so on my, I posted a video for the the um, for ADHD and math on LinkedIn, and I was like, I don't really understand hierarchy, and it's yeah. not that I don't, I just don't respect it. I don't think it, it's necessary. I don't feel like just because you're in a certain position that I can't question you. You know, yeah, and I, I don't respect it either. But people, that's another thing I realized too, because even like during trainings, they're like, oh, like you're not supposed to go to like the manager's manager. Like you're supposed to go through like your manager first. And I'm just like, if my manager does something wrong to me, I'm going straight to HR and I'm going straight to the director. Like, why would I speak to her when she's the one doing she like, I'm just, like, yeah. right, And you even know. in high school, I was like that because like when the principal and then the teachers were not doing anything about like the whole racist thing, like I went straight to the superintendent and they're just like, who does this girl think she is? And I'm just like, no. And that's one reason a lot of people came to me because they didn't know there was, I'm like, I always tell people like, there's always somebody else above somebody. Mm-hmm. So like if your teacher is doing something, you can go to the principal. If the principal doesn't want to do anything, you can go to the superintendent. Or you can go all the way to the freaking state house and go to the attorney general if you need to. Like there's always somebody above these people. And I feel like people, that's one reason they feared me because I'm just like, I'm not afraid to speak up, but I'm not also, mm-hmm. I'm not just all talk. Like I really, I really will 
go out here because like even i had like this one professor i was really like struggling with because i was always like, late to my 8 a.m class mm -hmm. but i'm just like bro like you can't fail me because i was late to my 8 a.m class i passed in all my assignments your mm -hmm. your attendance grade should not weigh more than all the projects i've done if i did all my work and just because it's not in the structure that you like it you can't just give me a d if i had a b like just for attendance mm -hmm. that's not fair and she would always we would always go head and head because if she mm -hmm. doesn't to me it came to like after the first year, everybody was like scared of her because they're like, oh, she's like the hardest profession, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, let me see why everybody's scared of this woman. Mm -hmm. It's literally because she was not like lenient at all. Like she was like, you can't turn anything in late. Like it's just a zero, zero. And it's just like, you know, design takes like so long. Like mm -hmm. if you spend like days on a project, like don't tell me you're just going to give somebody a zero. Like you can minus 10 points. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're still students at the end of the day. And I would mm -hmm. always question her and I would always go straight to the dean in like the head. I'm just like, this teacher, like, this is not fair. And like, I feel like mm -hmm. people are always scared. Like people always know, but they always, they would mm -hmm. always rather just, you know, be quiet about it and like talk behind somebody's back. Whereas me, mm -hmm. I'm just going to address you. And if you don't want to do anything about it, I'm going to go to your boss. Like, that's just how I am because like, this is not fair. Like, this is not. And I was like, I saw this thing with ADHD or like autism is like, you have like this strong sense of justice and i see that in myself literally since I'm, you know, I'm just like this is not right and this is gonna be fixed like in this next portion of the conversation steffi and i talk about um trusting yourself as well as others seeing potential in you um in this conversation, we have definitely jumped around a lot. Um, it's, you know, this is what happens when you get two ADHD folks together. Um, but just stay tuned um, and just take a listen because there are so many gems in, in this in this, um, in this this interview. I feel like these, I feel like, like what I've seen, like, like people really see your potential before you can see it in yourself. Because even mm -hmm. like a product, like I'm just like a temp. And then like I was mm -hmm. selling so much and then, and then they were like, this one girl was like, oh, you know, you're not even supposed to be selling. And I'm like, she was like, oh, I'm, I was trying to come from like a good place because I'm not making commission and stuff. But I'm like, it doesn't, it didn't feel like you're coming from a good place though. It literally felt like you were coming from a place of jealousy. And then like at one point she even said that I'm coming for her job. I'm like, girl, I don't want this job. Like if I wanted this job, I would have committed to the job full time, like permanent. Like I'd rather be a temp and get to where at least have at least a little bit of like autonomy based on what I wear and stuff. Cause like these people, they have to wear uniforms and like all this extra stuff that I'm like, I feel like it's so unnecessary to sell a handbag. You seem you seem self aware. See, this is something I lack. I I don't have the I'm not I don't have a really good sense of self awareness, and I also can't always see what other people are doing or planning. But I love that you can see that that you can see like right away. Or maybe I have have a little bit, and I just don't want to see it for what it is. But yeah, it's just how you feel. Like sometimes you just have to validate yeah. your own feelings. Like it's just like oh, I was trying to come from a good place, but I'm just like it's like I have to like sit, like I'm like. It, I'm like just navigating my emotions. Like if I feel like it wasn't coming from a good place, it probably wasn't. Cause I, I wouldn't feel so anxious or like mm -hmm. weird about the comment. You know what I mean? And then when I start, when I told her that I'm like, I'm not going to sell then she's like, Oh, if you want to be aggressive then and I was like, don't call me aggressive, especially being the only black woman here. Like, I'm like, a lot of these people, they really would try to antagonize you. And I told her that too, I was like, don't come mm -hmm. antagonizing me. And then when I react, do you want to call me aggressive? Like, this is the stuff I've been talking about and the way that you guys treat black people. Like, especially being a black woman, I really don't ex appreciate you, like, saying me expressing my emotions is aggressive. Like, you just had the space to, mm -hmm. to express your emotions. And the minute I say something back, I'm aggressive. I don't even have to say a word. Just my presence alone can intimidate people. Like, 
I'm like, and then I like the more I gain my confidence, like I look good, like I look good, my body looks good, and, and it's like, like you said, and I'm confident. I'm not trying to trick myself. Like even like I have to like undo so much work, and I think that's why I'm becoming more confident. Cause like even like my physical body, like cause I'm like I'm like five ten, so I'm already super tall. So oh, wow. Even, yeah. So when I was younger, I always try to like hunch over and like shrink myself and even that's why i like try to do buddies and like i've been to like a chiropractor and stuff because i even went to this one chiropractor and he was telling me that like i need to like fix my posture because i'm gonna be like one of those old people who are like hunched over and i'm just like look how like bullying can like even manifest into like my physical body like i don't like i have to like undo all this stuff and the only reason i was trying to shrink myself literally was because like i'm like I like I like I like I grew up like super fast. Like I was like in fifth grade, five nine. So even like the boys were like making fun of me because they were like they're supposed to be. They feel like they're supposed to be taller than me. So I'm like even that manifesting into like now I have to like unlearn all this stuff and like fix my posture and all this stuff before it like affects my life. So I'm just like even like I feel like it's like my personality is loud. Mm-hmm. But, like, even physically, it's just, like, I'm loud. Like, I love to doll up. Like, I usually have a lot of makeup on, like, red lipstick. Like, I'm just, like, I literally just serve cut. And I just, like, both, I'm just, like, already super tall. Like, I already take up space without even having to say a word. So then when I speak mm-hmm. up, it just, like, it just dominates. Like, I just feel like I can, like, like, just energetically, I just dominate a room mm-hmm. without even trying. Like, even if I don't say anything. It's just, so I'm just, like, I can't even hide anymore. So it's, like, I might as well just stand in my power to hide. Because even when I try to hide, I still, like attract the attention I don't want to attract so I'm just like I don't know what you guys want me to do like so that's why I'm just like at this point just like I've accepted the fact that I'm not for everybody and like I don't don't want to be around people who make me feel like I have to shrink myself either so if something makes me uncomfortable like I'm addressing it right away even if like even if I can't process what you said I know know what you said something to me and I was like I don't like how this makes me feel like I'm going downstairs I'm gonna tell the manager I don't want to work with you because you just make me feel uncomfortable she's like are you serious I was like yeah you made me feel uncomfortable like why would you say that to me and then she started apologizing and stuff and I'm just like even if I would it didn't really click at the like emotionally like I didn't feel good and I didn't feel safe in that environment. So I'm leaving. Like, that's all I need to know. I don't need to like process. I don't need to like hmm. kind of like um intellectualize it at the moment, but I know physically my body's telling me I'm not safe. So I got to go. Like, that's just how I'm reacting hmm. now. I love that. Yeah. Because I feel like that's something that it's because I feel like because I can't name some things sometimes I'm like, then like, is it, is it really happening to me? Is this real? And it is because I don't validate my own feelings. Yeah. So I just think, you know, I but I learned to not um, trust my own feelings. And I love that you listen to your body. That's something that I feel like I've learned. I Again, I had to learn later in life, yeah. learn after children to actually listen to your body and what is your body saying? Because I have been told or tr- or trained into not listening to it and then therefore not trusting myself. Yeah, I think because I've, I've been learning the human design thing. It kind of helped me tap mm-hmm. more because like, it was like- I'm When you say human design, what is, what, what, is, what is human design? It's like- Explain a little. It's kind of like a different thing, like it's separate from like astrology. So it's like basically like how like everybody is like, you have like your own chart. And everybody mm-hmm. is programmed to be a certain way. Like, there's, like, generators who, like, they, like generators, mm-hmm. they say, like, we, like, create life. So, like, but we're only, mm-hmm. there's, and there's different types of generators. There's, like, manifesting generators, and then there's just, like, regular generators. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, projectors, reflectors. And then I think there's one more. I think those are the only ones. But, like, basically for me, I'm a generator. And as I dive deeper, it's, like, I respond, like, so it basically tells you, like, your cycles. I'm, like, I have, like, emotional authority. 
So like I feel mm-hmm. things with like I have like emotional wave, which makes sense because like I'll be like super angry and like and then I'll be calm and then da-da-da. but then there's like sacral energy like people who feel it in their gut. So like basically she was mm-hmm. teaching us how like you're supposed to only respond to things that like make you excited as the generator. So like even if I'm mm-hmm. like eh I don't know I should wait out like wait out my emotions before I make the decision. And then like mm-hmm. he also talks about like how to know if something's not working out for you is like frustration. So like once you start getting frustrated, you know it's not for you. And it sounds like basic mm-hmm. stuff, but like once you dive deeper, you just realize how like people are conditioned to work against their human design. I am gonna um ask you one last question. Um, and it's just how would you explain your ADHD to someone who has never heard of ADHD? Um honestly. I don't know. That's a good question. Cause for me, it's just like this is my life. So I'm just like, what am I even like? <laughs> like for me, like it's like I don't know. Like when I stop like centering other people, I'm just like mm-hmm. I'm literally just living my life. Like you know what I mean? Like it, I don't even realize I was like I don't even feel like I was even different or anything until like the other people were like the way other people would treat me. How to like I feel like I would be like I would be considered like a, like a loner. Like a lot of people know me. Only because it's mm-hmm. just like, what is she doing? Because like, I just feel like I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. like I just like I just act so carefree, and then like it shocks people because they're like so used to conforming. But it's just like I don't even mm-hmm. realize. Like I I just I like I guess I started to realize that like okay I'm a little bit different based on like how people like perceive me. But like for mm-hmm. me it's like this is my world. Like I like I literally grew up like you know what I mean like this is me. Like I do anything about it. Like so I'm just like mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. But like I just have, I guess for me it's like I have mm-hmm. no concept of time. Like I always t- like even now it's already five thirty. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's like, okay. I, it's what's, I'm an hour behind you. I'm an hour behind you, so it's okay. And like, like I have I like no you. concept of time. Yeah. So like, that's what and I, I always tell people time is not even real. To be honest, like who the hell made it's up this? Not, it's not real. Like, like but do you know what, you know what I miss that I have? And then I'm like, we can go back to. I used to have a watch and it was this lady is a black lady who's talking about ADHD on YouTube, but she was like a therapist. And I used to have like the most basic watch. And I swear to God, like, and the battery died and I need to buy a new one because it was just so helpful to always know what time it was. Even if like, and I always had like, I always have alarms on my phone, but having a physical watch, like a digital watch was I don't know. It would just it just did something for me, and I need that back in my life because it just felt. Because like I set like alarms and stuff like that's tried to help me, and like mm-hmm. even like I have to trick myself. Even my mom, like when she was younger, mm-hmm. she always told me she had to lie to me. Like she'll tell me I have an appointment at like nine o'clock, and the appointment would be like mm-hmm. eleven or ten. Because she mm-hmm. knows even when she tells me nine o'clock, we're not leaving the house till ten, and then we're gonna get that eleven. So she would like always use mm-hmm. these tricks to help me when I was younger. So even now, like if I have to be like at the store at like 10 o'clock i'll set my alarm for like mm-hmm. all right i'm gonna i'm gonna wake up at like six because like mm-hmm. i know i love to take my time play music do my makeup my like i give myself mm-hmm. two hours like it might not take me two hours some days i can get ready in like 30 minutes but just giving myself the time to like because i know when i wake up at six o'clock i'm not gonna get out of it. like i'm gonna take my time like mm-hmm. so it's like yeah well I, I guess yeah i guess the sense of time and then i ramble a lot if you didn't realize i don't i guess this, <laughs> i don't know like i for, for me i just feel like i'm just a free a free spirit like yeah I, like i don't know like trying to put words to it myself in a box i just feel like i honestly feel like the neurodiver i honestly feel like neurodivergent people are like free this was such a great conversation maybe we just need a part two I do think that I would love to connect with you after this because 
I think there is, again, I think there's so much I could learn from you. And I think that um, I could just tell you about the industry and, you know, or give you any tips if you want any tips um, about timeliness. I feel oh, like yeah. there is, and, that, and that's not a criticism. One thing my husband told me the other day, cause I was saying, I was like so emotional. He was, or no, I said, I thought I was, I thought I was, he, I told him, I thought I was chill. And he was like, no, you just chaotic. And he's like, it's not a criticism. It is just a part of your personality, you know? And so yeah. that is, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm good. I tell people all the time, I'm like chaotic good. Like I'm not just being mm -hmm. a menace and like destroying people's lives. It's just like, if there's a race no. like, for my high school, like I, I had to start that protest. Cause after that protest, they literally got like, the school got like $300,000 to try to like wow. teach people about like, um, diversity and inclusion the the principal there now is a, is like a black man like even till this day i see how like my actions affected the school and like a lot of people are more comfortable to speak up about it and all that stuff so i'm just like sometimes you have to be chaotic like i shake the table a lot but it's not for like a bad reason it's literally to help liberate other people like mm. yeah yeah that's that's i mean it's this is a this is a gem it really is like listening to you, you very I keep saying you just seem like why you do seem wise beyond your ears. Um, you seem the and then like so in tune with yourself, and I think that is amazing. And okay. I think that when you were saying when you and then I let you go with this, but when you said like when I asked you about ADHD, and you you did end up saying giving like a symptom, but the thing that I loved was that you said like you basically move through the world as you are, and I think that is that is that is really poignant and that's something really powerful to say right it's like you are moving through the world unmasked and as yourself right so we thank steffi for coming in um and unmasking with us um thank you all for listening uh, for more adhd unmasked please follow us on linkedin as well as Instagram. Um, and we'll see you next week. Hopefully, you know, <laughs> we'll see you next time. All right, bye-bye.